album concept hour. The album concept hour. It's the album concept hour. Welcome everybody to the Album Concept Hour podcast. Uh, we are here again for another week uh, to do another album, another epic album called uh, Talking Heads Remain in Light from 1980. Uh, this is an album that has been uh, actually recommended by several people uh, on the, the music boards. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, be diving into it. I'm your host, Brad LeBaron, and uh, we have our co-host as usual, Dave Gallagher. What's, What's going on, up? Dave? And we have John Aker. How's it going, John? Uh, just chilling like a villain, my friend. And uh, if you are wondering uh, why we are diving back into some new wave, uh, it's because we have our new wave expert <laughs> back uh, uh, from, um, I think this is uh, your fourth or fifth appearance. Close to getting the five-timers club? I think it's only third. Silver jacket. Maybe third? I don't know. But it feels feel like, like three or four. It feels like four or five. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, we have Adam Elk here from Mommy Heads. Welcome back to the podcast, Adam. Uh, we are so glad to have you to help us uh, uh, understand what it is we're about to to break into. So, yeah, uh, this is quite a record. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I feel like I've just barely started to kind scratch of, surface. Yeah, yeah, like kind of uh, process it, everything in the record because there seems to be layers it's to crazy it. record. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's a really, it's a short and sweet record, eight tracks. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I know, you know, your history with uh new wave in general, um, what's, uh, when would, when did talking heads become part of that uh, experience for you? Yeah. So, I mean, new wave, it was just when I was absorbing music deeply and I was young and like a sponge really you know we all mm -hmm. have those points in our lives yeah so i i would say if you're really into music like we all are here yeah. i would gather i gather to say like seven or eight to 12 or 13 yeah. you're very susceptible uh, to older brothers yeah, or sisters absolutely. dads yeah. moms neighbors anyone who yeah. has a good music taste and and yeah. you just you're like what is that and and it's so yeah. alien to yeah. you because you really were just a couple of years before that, you were four or five. You couldn't accept it. But then your brain starts to expand. And then a yeah. band like the Talking Hands comes around. And I was like yeah. <laughs> eight or nine when when uh, yeah. their big hit, uh, you know, um, Psycho Killer One, came out. Psycho it's, Killer. It was oh. cute. It was like a cute yeah. song, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's fun. That's an interesting yeah. little thing. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, and then um, the cool thing about this <laughs> record is this was their fourth record. And they had three okay, records four. of being a, sort of... A, like an anomaly, like a, a band from CBGBs that played with the rolling uh, played with the Ramones and yeah, and were were sort of in the scene, but not. They were very artsy. They they were nerdy. Yeah. They kind of yeah. celebrated nerd nerddom and nerd rock, and they rocked. You know, so this record was mind blowing because it was a complete turn from where they were headed, which was song okay. just playing songs. Yeah, this was. Uh, an opus and uh, um, to me a masterpiece for them and also just a complete departure and no other band has touched yeah. such a departure for me than yeah. when they did this they just went completely to a different place that Hard is so pivot. enjoyable you know yeah so yeah so, so that's my that's my history with yeah. it yeah so before they were kind of you you had like a cursory knowledge of them and then this kind of helped solidify you as a fan 
Yeah, I, it's the same way. You know, Paul Simon d- went did his African record, and yeah, um, you know, Peter Gabriel has touched on ethnographic yeah. rhythms. Yeah, when he, was, you know, he it was he, definitely he, in the zeitgeist at the time. But this um, was the first for me. Yeah. This was before yeah. all of them, and so mm-hmm. that this was nineteen eighty. So. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. brought the world to uh, American white kids. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I was also reminded of some Herbie Hancock uh, with some of this, like um, just the, the the complete driving kind of force behind everything. Um, it just uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a great record to put on just almost any time. I think, you know, it just right. um, doing dishes, hanging out with friends, having some drinks, you know, like this is. Uh, uh, a good song or album that like every now and again you can space out and and, and listen in and, and and fade out again and come back to talking to people um yeah 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 really uh, uh good one to to listen through before maybe listening to this episode it's a it's a trip it's funny you mentioned herbie because the mommy had shared a manager with herbie in the 90s and oh, i really and i got to hang with him at, at, oh, a, at cool. a session and i talked to him and he was just this normal guy and i thought yeah you know, thinking back now, he would have fit right in on this record because it, mm-hmm. it's so open musically that any yeah. anybody's invited. It's that yeah. kind of yeah. open music. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. a drum circle mentality to to pop uh, and to yeah. yeah, it's really cool. The whole feeling of this record is just so cool for me. Yeah, yeah, and um, to uh, uh, kind of bring it to something more uh, uh, like a recent group. Uh, uh, check your bingo cards. I'm talking about King Gizzard. Um, some of these jams also, uh, uh, you know, you can see the influence in bands like King Gizzard in a few of their jams here and there. Cause I mean, you know, obviously they go over the place, but, um, this is something that right after you, uh, chose this as, uh, the, the one to cover for this, uh, episode, uh, someone on that King Gizzard subreddit was like, this is one of the albums you need to listen to if you're a King Gizzard fan. And I was like, oh, interesting. So for me, it added another layer of like excitement to to approach the album. And I can definitely see what they were talking about uh, with that. Like this is one of those just essential albums. Um, if you are a music lover of, you know, all, you know, a variety of genres of rock, because rock could be many things. Um, this is, you know, and it's almost, it's, it's only like, it's, it's almost short. not rock, right? Like it's, it's, it's not. Um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's you know King Gizzard. From what I've listened to, yeah, what they they're great musicians and they have a, yeah. they have a work ethic. And what they're doing uh-huh. is they're it's a one stop shop for whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you want a funk record, they've got their funk record. You want a psychedelic record, they got their psychedelic. Yeah. You want jazz fusion, they've got that. They've yeah, got. Yeah. <clears throat> they seem to be doing one of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of their their shtick. And yeah. I think the Talking Heads on this record brought Afro pop and Afro funk, uh, and and European brain, yeah. you know, artsiness and yeah, sort of Andy yeah. Warhol sort of take chances and Jackson yeah. Pollock sort of throw the paint against the wall. Mm-hmm. They brought all that to kids like me, the same way King Gizzard brings it to kids now. They, yeah, they're, yeah, they're bringing like, the the whole thing. Like they'll bring a didgeridoo, yeah. King Gizzard. And, put it in their song you know so oh yeah yeah it's it's refreshing to us because like it harkens back to these times you know what i mean 
Um, that's why, that's what, you know, got me when I, you know, is like, they were hearkening back to a better time in music, you know, which couldn't be possible without people like talking heads. Right. Um, it's not about, record, it's so. not about money. It's not about image. And, and, and is there enough collagen in your ass or, or, or did uh -huh. you, did you yeah. get liposuction or what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's about music. Yeah. It's very earthy. Yeah. You, know? you can, you can yeah, hear that yeah. in the music. Mm -hmm. It's about the music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. What so, I, I, I really yeah. like too how he's like like in the album just to like show how like different it is, you yeah. know, that he's really like he really kind of goes in between like um like spoken word to like actually singing. Yeah, he's lot. very good at he just switching shifts between at yeah. that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The very classic cool. burn. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind <laughs> of a hard balance to 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 land as a as a vocalist, I think. Mm -hmm. But he does a he does a great job with it. Um, but hey, before we get too far into uh, the this album discussion, we do have one more voicemail we have to get to, Adam. And so we're going to have you uh, listen to this voicemail with us. Um, yeah, so last time uh, we had a couple of voicemails, and I said that I got up to all of the ones we had stacked up. I did not. So sorry, Nick, about missing your voicemail. Hey, voicemails um, where we at? Yeah, so uh, uh, if you seven? want to uh, uh, leave a voicemail. Sorry, what was that, John? How many voicemails are we at? Uh, maybe five legitimate right. ones, right. five or six legitimate ones. So, uh, we're, we, you know, people are starting to call in. That's a one six zero eight hit nerd h i t nerd. Uh, just so you, uh, you're aware, and uh, yeah, you can anyone call in about whatever music stuff you want to talk about. Are those or insurance? Are those insurance friends. commercials? Or the insurance guys? You Get know, those. Uh, those are fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so we have a uh, voicemail. From uh, uh, Nick, uh, this is Nick Mason. Is this what who I'm, Molson? Who am I about? To, okay, yeah, Nick Molson. Um, and uh, yeah, I I don't remember exactly what this one is in response to, but we're gonna find out. Oh, there's probably a response to something. Yeah. Hey, Brad, it's uh, Nick Molson, Huddle Con. Uh, just listened to your album concert hour uh, with Dave and John and Adam. Um, and I just want to say it's an excellent episode. Just finished listening to it, but uh, sorry I couldn't make it. But I what do have a couple it, little, just right. fun little tidbits um, that I wanted to put in your ear about it. Um, first is that uh, so later on um, in Mark Mothersbaugh's life, uh, he became okay. a musical director uh, and made movie scores uh, for many Devo. films. Devo. And right. one director that he worked with a lot was Wes Anderson. Um, and so later on in Wes Anderson's filmography, uh, you get to hear in Steve Zissou in Life Aquatic, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh inserted, um, inserted some Devo tracks and uh, you get to hear, um, you get to hear uh, Gut Feeling and uh, Slapper Mammy in full. Um, in an excellent, like, running montage sequence uh, that Wes Anderson does so well. Um, so I always thought that was kind of fun. Uh, and then also um, to what you guys were saying about, uh, you know, them trying to be, you know, adversarial with the crowds that would come to see them play early on in their career, um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things ever. Uh, so... If you're familiar with the movie Blues Brothers, um, early on it, or in the movie, they go to Bob's Country Bunker. And at Bob's Country Bunker, they play behind the stage behind 
uh, some chicken wire and, <laughs> and it's to prevent the beer bottles from basically, uh, getting smashed into them. Um, and so Dan Aykroyd actually was friends with Jerry and, um, and Mark after they made their debut on, uh, Saturday Night Live in the late seventies. Um, which was another thing entirely just mind blowing that they were on like Friday night live. Um, look it up if you get a chance. Uh, just so much fun to watch them, you know, play Saturday night live. But anyway, so Dan Aykroyd was friends with them. Um, and he loved the idea so much that he, they took it and he and John Belushi put it in the Blues Brothers because that actually happened to Devo where they were taunting the crowd so much that they were behind chicken wire and they were throwing beer bottles at them. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to put a couple little tidbits. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. Uh, fun episode, you guys. And, uh, you know, excellent guest as always. He's always fun to listen to and had some really great points. So anyway, take care. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and he actually he cut off at the exact right moment. You should know, uh, listeners, uh, it's you only get three minutes apparently for the Google Voice, uh, so just uh, just uh, just a heads up there. But um, yeah, yeah, he wanted to add some tidbits about the uh, the, the the Devo episode. Hey. <clears throat> he was uh, he was going to be one of the co-hosts, but he wasn't able to make it. But two fun. I should clarify that it's not yeah. Friday Night Live. Yes, it's Saturday, Saturday Night Live, Night Live. <laughs> but, but they were on a show called Fridays, which was yep. uh, okay. another network needed a Saturday Night Live. So they had Fridays, that, which Kramer had, was on. Right, yep. Oh, yep. OK. That's where you got to start. And Julia Dreyfus. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and that's how well, they... she was on. She was on SNL, too. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Exa- right. She... she was on both. OK. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, wow. Wow. OK. No, but. It's also a fun fact that Devo, uh, or Devo, did uh, did their debut on SNL, and also the Talking Heads did a did a good show on SNL as well in the seventies around the same time. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, yeah. So SNL was kind of ahead of the curve. Yeah. On the, the the oh god, the yeah, days. they were amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great show. You know, they now it's you could say you could have one rapper and and yeah. just a bunch of lights. Yeah. You know, I, I never went. I didn't. I if they were gonna have lip syncing, I wouldn't have been into it. I waited for the yeah. musical guests, and they were always live, yeah. and that yeah. was yeah. cool. You know, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Unless you're, like Kendrick comes with a full band. Um, there's a couple of them that come That's with full good. bands, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta you if you're going to Saturday Night Live, you gotta bring a band, man. You gotta fill it's up live. that stage. It's or, it's yeah uh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just the band fear that John Belushi brought in that actually started a giant like uh, mosh pit and wrecked half the <laughs> of course. stage. And of course, we're never asked to come back. Did that in the eighties? Ah, uh, yeah, they, they weren't asked back. Oh, yes, they oh were interesting, not. interesting. Like, please, I, I wonder. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like some Belushi shit. Um, that was but, a fun um, Saturday Night Live. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, those were you know those were the the crazy times uh, back in the beginning. You know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we got, uh, eight tracks though, uh, for talking heads remain in light. Um, now as far as the, uh, uh, themes, I'm going to kind of let Adam guide us on some of the themes cause I don't fully get all of it, but some of it I, I do kind of get, you know, at, Ad- Oh, Adam's shaking his head. Adam, he's, he no, know. it's, he's it's, not- <laughs> I think lyrically it's, it's similar to what Bowie did. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's piecemeal lyrically thematically uh-huh. it's piecemeal. Uh, uh-huh. I know that they wanted to break away from songs 
because yeah. all a lot most bands just bring us there's a songwriter that brings songs in there's structure and they were yeah. really writing this together so it's lyrics by committee mm -hmm. and that's okay. cool when it works and Brian Eno, everybody always Brian Eno, Brian Eno, Brian Eno. There's a lot of productions yeah. of Brian Eno I don't like. I don't like a lot of you two, but I love uh, this record because he was into this. He was into the spontaneity of just writing lyrics that yeah. made no sense on the scene. So I yeah. can't tell you what these songs are about, aside from, yeah. um, you know, Once in a Lifetime, which is obviously about finding yourself, waking up one day and how did I get here? It's so relatable. But it again, yeah. not all of it makes sense. It's under the water, carry the water. We don't know what a Beneath lot of the this water. is. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. There's uh there's a lot of questions in that song, literally. Um, and uh yeah, I don't know. I don't, we'll, we'll we'll try to, you know, we'll 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 read some lyrics here and there, but uh, again, this is gonna be probably more about the music, when a more musical episode. The journey. Uh the journey and um, you know, everything everything involved uh uh in, in, as far as the the songs, compositions and shit. So um uh for a couple of these tracks, I do have a uh for for track one and track three. I have like an earlier part of the song and then a later part of the song because you know there's a lot of buildup in uh, some of these tracks, um, and it's hard uh, to get in 15 seconds. And yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you only get so much time, and I want to to show some of the um, you know expanded nature of some of this. So uh, to start off, uh, we have a song called "Born Under Punches." The heat goes on. So um, I'll play a, 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 an earlier section, then a little later in the bridge. And then here's later in the bridge. Yeah, yeah. You can hear there's a lot more stuff on the on that second clip than in the first one. Just layers. And it, it really, this is an album that really just starts. Like, there's not, like the first track, there's not really a buildup. It just really starts strong. It's like starts in third gear. Like, holy yeah, shit, what, yeah, what, yeah. what happened? Like, exactly. no, we're going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I find is also always like a kind of a ballsy choice. Yes, and when for, done. For first track. Well, it's done amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When done well, it's like, that is, it's very memorable. It's like, it's it's like wow. perfect. You had Great me hooked story. from the first second. That's insane, you know? so um, much nerd rock yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah um do you know what uh well i think you touched on it a little bit but um do you know um kind of what was going on in their personal lives that kind of caused them to kind of seek this kind of uh, uh songwriting rather than what you were saying as before where it was kind of more uh yeah um, i don't know basic song structure basic yeah. song structure yeah yeah i i i know there was always a rift between uh david Byrne. And the rest of the band, especially Chris, yeah. the drummer, and Tina. Yeah. And because for the first three records, it, it almost was seemed like a lead singer and and oh, his okay. songs. 
You yeah. know, they really didn't um, come across as songwriters yet, even though they they had Tom yeah. Tom Club, which is completely their band and was yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's so, what I was talking about. That's earlier. what you were trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. Tom Tom Club. Yeah, they were great, and so they were writers. But somehow, David Byrne just he—I think he's very steady and he's very mercurial and he's very yeah. Uh, He—he's not controlling. He's he just boss. knows who he is. Yeah, he just uh-huh. knows what he wants. He knows yeah. what he wants, and so. I also know that he was having a writer's block around this point, and they mm. decided for whatever reason to go to Compass Point in Nassau, Bahamas, and just jam. And um, mm. it's so healthy for a band to just jam and yeah. play. Yeah. Um, and so it feels like they're they're just like crazy cool jams that yeah. got him out of writer's block. And, and yeah. I think Brian Eno really really brought it together uh you know everybody wonders what a producer is no one really gets what a producer is to me it's a hard to describe uh job yeah it's like a marriage coach it's like you're having issues with your girlfriend your wife you go to someone Mm -hmm. you pay someone to listen to you you don't take it to a friend of the wife or your friend you take it to someone who's removed and Mm -hmm. they tell you right immediately this is classic 101 therapy let me tell you what I see. And so Eno yeah. said, here's what, you know, I'm the fifth member now. I'm not in the, yeah. I'm not in the van with you. I'm not on tour. I'm not in a lover's mm-hmm. quarrel. I'm just pure <laughs> perspective. And he, and yeah. he just said, let loose and just, just be, um, be so inspired in the moment that when we listen to it, we're inspired. It's like, we get that charge that they get, you know, mm. it's, it's so like yeah. in the moment and cool. It's like ice yeah. bath out of the sauna, like, Ooh, you know, that's you yeah. know was made sure that that happened and that's mm-hmm. what i i will always be appreciative of of his approach on this record yeah, so that i think yeah. that was mostly the scenario you know yeah yeah um which is why Eno is a is a big part of this one um and uh uh from what you were saying like that was reminding me of the story of uh radiohead and kid a um yes you know Tom York, same thing. Writer's block. He he was having writer's block, uh, partially because of uh, you know some of the pressures of being the the face of of Radiohead and, and everything. And um, yeah, he he I believe he 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 thought that maybe he could do things on his own, and then immediately realized that he needed the rest of the band to 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 achieve his goals that he had, and it really. Uh, uh, was a period of like you know kind of therapy for for between the between the members then i think that's and... healthy like with, if any band can reach that point where you have one person sort of like taking control and not letting or listening to any of the yeah. bandmates yeah if you get to that point and you all actually can start taking their interest or their ideas yeah now you have a full band Mm-hmm. Now you have you're easier to play off yeah. each other. It's yeah. easier to have that connection instead of like yeah. yeah, you feel like you're just like working for this guy. It's like, well, no, but I'm the band too, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to feel like you're just uh well, I mean, unless that's what you're intending to do is be a musician for hire. But like right. if you are like in the band, you want to be in the band. You know, that's you know? like that's what happened with Smashing Pumpkins when they did yeah. um Simon Silent um they 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 got a new producer for it, and the new producer was like, "Listen, you guys need to like jam together, yeah. like at least once." A day. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This is dysfunctional. You guys need to, 
yeah, uh, uh, yeah, get together and actually, you know, hang out and do things together. You know, you have to build the relationship and the chemistry. Well, you know, bad yeah. producers focus on the lead singer, or they want to separate the. You know, they they're like mm. it's about this. They try to hone in on the personality. What uh, what yeah, great yeah. producers like Eno did is a he listened to it, the other members and yeah. made and and wanted this to be in the moment and not pre-planned you know mm. it's like this is not a premeditated murder this is a a, a crime yeah. of passion this record uh -huh, he wants uh -huh. it to be in the moment you know and the second yeah. thing he does does he does this throughout his career brian you know is when he's yeah. in, in the room he makes you feel like you're making real art and that's yeah. without being pompous or like you're better than someone else he just makes it he he somehow makes you feel important and makes yeah, the yeah. moment feel important and then as a listener we feel important listening to it so he yeah. he did it with Roxy music he did it with you two he 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 did it many many times and he really did it yeah. on this record it yeah, sounds almost... like they know they're making great yeah. art yeah yeah you know he's like the previous Rick Rubin or whatever you know Rick Rubin's also like today totally. is one of the one of the greats when it comes to that um there was Johnny there Cassidy, stuff lately Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, like there's been some people throwing shade his way lately, like, oh, what exactly does he do? He doesn't know how to use like the DAW systems or whatever. It's like, well, that's that's not his exactly what he's doing necessarily. Like it's what you were saying. It's, oh it's my the, God. There are thousands you know? of kids coming out of Berkeley College that no digital system, like no pro tools, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, watch yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly. There's one it's, Rick Rubin that the, gets the vibe and gets yeah. the band rocking, like the red hot chili peppers. Yeah. He could yeah. he could just get that he he sets the vibe you know yeah yeah someone just He's saw cool an dude. easy easy like article to to get some clicks or something they're like yeah you know yeah 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 because yeah. everyone knows he's done more than enough to prove his his worth you know um but uh yeah apparently so getting to some of the vocals um there was uh there was some uh uh people that were on genius that were kind of uh, um uh, what's the word uh, pontificating about some of the lyrics and suggesting some of this might be about a uh, paranoia uh, uh, in the government at the moment. Cause this is a uh, post Watergate um, uh, would be on the mind. Um, and uh, there's uh, in the, in the end, there's a lot of between the, the heat goes on. There's drowning cannot hurt a man. Fire cannot hurt a man, not the government man. Um, so yeah, again, uh, they're not, they're not, there's nothing really specific here, but you can read into things if you would like. Um, this is a great album lyrically for zoning out. For zoning out, you said? Like some albums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bob yeah Dylan, definitely. you have to, you have to like listen closely. He's a genius. Uh -huh. But this oh, is yeah, like, every I, word. I just want, yeah. I just want to have a beer at a party and just lean against the wall and listen to this record. Yeah, I yeah it's, it's almost yeah it's 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 almost uh, a a bummer to to hone in on the lyrics too much you know right like i almost right. yeah like like it's just it's almost like wave. yeah yeah i just want to because it's it's there's some repetitive uh parts uh throughout the album which like in a really good jam is like a great thing you know um and uh yeah there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on always in the background. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely listen for it as we're going through this one. Um, the next track we got is called uh, Cross-Eyed and Painless. Um, so, yeah, let's hear a little bit of that. Come 
decisions like that vocally like it's just they're so he's so quirky <laughs> like we're not i mean we're not too even you know once in a lifetime yet where he gets super quirky but like this is he's got those weird little flares everywhere you know there's like just, there's a handful of singers that have like not what burn does but like a very unique sound or how they like yeah. pronunciate or how they like like uh frank black pixies like started the whole like up down like just being quiet and then mm, screaming mm-hmm. and back down the quiet yeah, or yeah. i think it just i don't know it, just, it brings us like a whole nother instrument not just like vocals are instrument but it's like an extra like there's a whole nother mm-hmm. like level to just having that in your bag but i think that's i think that's the the instrument thing is a key to what's happening right here because like those are you know sorry to bring up gizzard again um the vocals are usually a little back in the mix and more part of the rest of everything you know um and uh, i think a lot of times this is in this album this is happening as well like it's a lot of uh uh, uh the vocals not being focused on as a in, in a pop sense where the vocals are like always the most important as much as part of the overall jam you know it's it's a beautiful thing when the when the vocals are just kind of like this is part of the music and it's not yeah, like it should, the thing it sometimes you know? it's just it's just part of the overall experience. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, not any more important than any other uh, piece of the, the puzzle. Um, I, I don't see him as a singer, which I love. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't think he thinks he's a singer. You know, when you oh. listen to Tom Jones or Sting, yeah. you know, uh, uh-huh. I'm in awe. It's like, ah! you know, it's operatic and it's on. Yeah. It's yeah. totally in tune. It's it's like a demigod yeah. is you're in the midst of someone yeah. you know vocal genius, on yeah. this record especially he's he's a dude just at a bar talking to you. I pushed the yeah. pecs in front of me, in hindsight, <laughs> like he's just you know yeah and he's very animated, but he's he's like Christopher Walken you know and and yeah. it's like yeah he's your friend he's your guide he's not making a lot of sense you just feel stuff but you don't know what yeah. you're to think you know. And and yeah. unlike when someone's belting out a mel a melody, you know, it's like yeah, yeah. He doesn't go your, there. He he feel... gives it to the background. Nona Hendrix yeah. is on here. She's doing all those great uh, female background vocals. Oh, so, okay. Nona yeah. Hendrix was produced by um, Jerry Harrison right before this, and so they were calling okay. their friends in, and Nona yeah. was, and they they recorded Philly, and Nona was there, and she came in. All those background vocals. Um, okay. And the other okay. thing, the other thing also is the rhythm section so simple. Chris Francis plays a beat. Tina Weymouth just yeah. go da 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 da. I mean, so he yeah. can just have a dialogue with you because there's not a lot of stuff in the way of him talking to you. It's it's really brilliant. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's conducive to to how he does things. Um, yeah, and yeah, rhythmically, I, it's like a film noir. Yeah. It's 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 sepia. Yeah. It's like very simple rhythmically, so the yeah. character can just talk. Yeah, it's not yeah. like it's not like a Marvel 
epi- you know, uh-huh. a Marvel movie where there's fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're not uh-huh. listening to the conversation. This is like sepia, yeah. black and white, for 1941, two people talking. That's to me, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a that's a great way to to describe it. Um, and uh, yeah, just I I really like uh, one line here. Um, sharp as a knife, facts cut a hole in us. Because uh, one thing I've I've noticed in this album is there's a lot of uh, a lot of discussion about identity. You know, um, I think that was a big discussion in the '80s in general. You know, as some of what we've got into with like Devo, um, there was some of that, um, and like you know what you know you mean in society and what does society mean um but uh in this one i think there's a lot of like little lines about like examining your personal identity and uh uh trying to to figure out what is what is actually true and what is uh just uh uh fabrications you know yes um, and what's what better yeah. way to hear about it from yeah. outsiders <laughs> like yeah back in the yeah. day before the internet You'd open a magazine, it'd be Brooke Shields, it would be beautiful women, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're these graduates, these art graduates from RISD and Devo were from, you know, they were from Akron and yeah, they were, yeah. they were outsiders. So what better yeah. way to hear about um, yeah. pressure to fit into society than from somebody yeah. who's on the outside looking in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is this is pertinent information. You know, this is yeah. like this is if you really want to understand what's going on there, this is where you need to go. Yeah, you know? I mean, um, we're not beautiful. We're not the beautiful people. So he's preaching to yeah. everybody. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. You know, the majority of us, the majority are of not the, the beautiful people. You know what right. I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's a it's a good message to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very important message. We did not make people's most beautiful people's people or whatever <laughs> oh yeah yeah they they yeah these people would not be on pe- people's most beautiful no people. not yeah. at all is that the this is a t- tongue twister some sign, Palette. oh okay okay <laughs> um but uh yeah we have uh we have a third track for you guys uh uh which i have actually two clips for again sweet um this one is going to be uh uh yeah just uh, the great curve and then the great curve a little bit later in the jam. Um, and uh, I think lyrically, this one might be one of my favorites. Years later. Oh man, I am a sucker for those just layered, different uh, rhythmed vocals, you know, that working in perfect tandem with each other. It's like, a really good drum, uh, drum beats. Oh, yeah, and the. the, the Toms or whatever mm-hmm. those are. Yeah. And it stays just fast mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. 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 That's, that song uh, always feels like a trance. Track. It's like trance music, like zombie uh, music. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Haitian zombie music meets New York City <laughs> 79, 7980. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a vibe. It's a, it's a, it's a very specific vibe for sure. You know, before um, this record, also. Afrobeat, you know? Yes. 
Fela Kuti yeah. was a huge influence. Fela Kuti, yeah. who's an African artist who put out a hundred yeah. records, was yeah. a huge influence on this record, and and yeah. he was influenced by James through. Brown. Yeah, and um, yeah, because there was that kind of feedback thing happening a little bit with with uh, some African styles and some U.S. styles are kind of influencing each other a little bit back and forth. Um, there's a a, a guy uh, uh, William Onyabor. Who's uh, something a lot of some guy a lot of hipsters know these days, but he's a, a similar, you know, um, Afro uh, beat or no Afro funk artist that didn't get a whole lot of attention over here. But yeah, there's a lot of that stuff out there that you can dig into if you so choose. There's endless. That's you know, why I love music. Just like yeah, a blip happens in one spot, then like it starts like a whole nother like genre or like subsection yeah. somewhere else in yeah. another part of the world, and it. Yeah, like surf rock was huge, and then like years down the road—not years, but like then like in Bollywood, like surf rock became a big thing in Bollywood. And it's just yeah. interesting how like yeah, when you trace like one artist, like where it all goes, it's, yeah, it's wild. There's it is not, and there's not always like a rhyme or reason to it. No, it's just like it's it like was in a a, a movie or a commercial or I don't know or like someone played a big show that was memorable you know and then it's in the consciousness I had the same feeling when we did the k-pop stuff oh yeah that's like listening to Backstreet Boys but like 20 years later (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) like these guys were fans of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah 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 especially the more we get into like more of a global culture or whatever like there's just more and more of that uh kind of happening which is just but what ah, what better way exciting. for the world to talk to each other than with music oh, not yeah. po- not politics and and not yeah. news because we don't yeah, news beautiful. is owned by corporations you never know what's going yeah. on but but if yeah. someone's bringing fela to america that's yeah. communication yeah. to me you know? uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. That's why I think it is one of the oldest forms of uh, expression and well, just spirituality True. too. You know, like um, art, food, and spirituality. Yeah, are like the best things we trade. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agreed. And and this song, I think, really represents that kind of uh, a mentality because it's it feels it feels very like almost uh, ancient in a way, um, like like human in a way like in an and um i i love the kind of uh, uh mother nature kind of hips thing going on with the imagery like essentially the song is is just kind of riffing off of you know the world being this the the curve of this woman's hip you know and um mother earth mother earth yeah it's it's just it's such great imagery uh, uh just uh, about the world uh such a it's like a love song almost about just yeah world, totally you know i I, yeah. I it's lyrically it's a feeling that it evokes it's absolutely yeah. wonderful absolutely wonderful yeah yeah it's one of those this is a track that can bring people together for sure um yeah yeah uh can't can't tell you enough that you need to listen to this record start to finish like you will not regret any moment yeah this is almost right. dangerous ground to review this record because it means so much to at least my generation that it's oh, like yeah. let it be for the for the the, the baby boomers like you you ah, like we're, yeah. we're, we're in you know like everyone has an opinion about this record so this mm-hmm, is a very mm-hmm. sort of um, oh, I'm. It's I'm holy looking ground. Forward to the, I'm looking forward to the phone calls. One six zero. Yeah, exactly. Nerd. Please. Uh, yeah. If you want, if you have any a takes on our takes, you know. 
Good, uh, <laughs> bad, everything in between. Give it to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not not everything, but yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I don't, we, I there don't, are limits. Well, I guess you can't send dick pics through a phone. Yeah, don't, so. yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Well, um, some phones you can, Brad. That's that's true, but I don't think you can through Google Voice. No. Don't don't correct me and find out, please. Uh, I'd rather not know. That. I'd rather not know. Um, but uh, uh, this uh, next track, uh, I don't even know how to introduce this track. This is. Everyone has heard this track. Everyone has probably sung their own weird rendition of this track. It's it's so quotable. Perhaps you don't even know the, um, the lyrics. Uh, you'll uh, yeah, you'll recognize this immediately. I hope this is uh, once in a lifetime. Talking heads. And you may ask yourself, where is that large automobile? And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful house. And you may tell yourself. So, uh, one thing I learned while reading about this track is that apparently, uh, uh, for the, the vocal stylings, he was kind of doing a riff on like a evangelist, like radio evangelist or preacher, you know, which is kind of why it's like, if it almost feels grandiose, but it doesn't say too much specific, you know? Um, and, uh, I think that you can definitely see you can almost see this as a worship tune in ways. Cause like the chorus could be worship lyrics, I think. Um, and although if you didn't know that background, I don't think you'd make that assumption because it doesn't sound like, you know, it's easy to make that church. assumption. He, he but, actually did a record with, Eno before this called my life in a bush of ghosts. And he, they traveled cross country together and on the way yeah. through the Bible belt, they recorded a lot of these crazy radio shows that oh, were really? regional. Yeah, there were regional okay. radio shows that made it on, yeah. I believe, made it onto that record. So this okay. is just an extension okay. of that awesome. That sort of, yeah, it's an yeah. extension of hearing, you know, these these preachers in the middle of the night yeah. uh, driving, you know, through the South. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that that would. Yeah. Before before we had iPad iPods and stuff. Yeah. You, you know, you have the radio and and maybe a tape deck. I don't even know back then, but. Wow, yeah. There's a and if you've ever listened to them, they're pretty wild. <laughs> and you may ask yourself, how did you get this house? It was God. Yeah, it makes you it does make you understand how this these lyrics and and this vocal pattern could have came, you know. Totally. Um yeah, yeah. Um and again, there's there's so many uh uh just strange uh moments like the first part is you know you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack you may find yourself in another part of the world you may find yourself in 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 behind a large automobile like it, it's 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 insa it's insanity this this song <laughs> you I know found out i didn't i wasn't hearing 25 percent of the lyrics just from reading them oh yeah yeah i was i was missing all this stuff like oh, the water under yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got uh, yeah. The 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 chorus is uh, water under the water. Yeah, the water. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what makes me think it's a little bit worshipy, you know. Uh, but in a Mother Earth kind of sense. You know, the other uh, thing also. Again, I have to bring back how great Chris's drumming is and Tina's bass playing. You know, yeah. the first sampled 
drumbeat I think ever literally sampled was Saturday Night Fever because the drummer okay. in the session had had to go had to leave so they took his drum sample on tape and and they oh, wow. they spooled it around mic stands and it just went around and it was it was da -dun 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 -da 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 -da. it never changed and that became a dance track thus spawning yeah. disco or making disco uh... this locked beat thing and then they took it, oh. but they didn't spool. They just play the most simple, loopy type beat. So for me, yeah. for my money, this is one of the first human sampled records where there are humans acting like samples, which is basically what Chris mm -hmm. and Tina are doing. And yeah. that gives yeah. David Byrne and, and Jerry Harrison all this room to to sort of give you uppercuts yeah. while they're doing that. You know, it's like very cool. And uh, that's what a band is supposed to do. They're supposed to it's like a great meal. There's supposed to be some bitter, yeah. some some sour, some zestiness. You know, they're yeah, giving yeah. you more than just one thing. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're giving you like this is definitely a track where you are getting a little bit of everything. Yeah, human tape loops. That's great. Yeah, that I always love the the tape stories. You know, the the ver the variety of of things that they've realized that they could do with tape. You know. Um, and just every time changing music, you know, with, with one simple, uh, studio technique, you know, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, this is a, a really, really wild track. Uh, I, what I, one thing I enjoy about this track in general, um, is how much of a cultural touchstone is it, it is and how you can kind of get whatever you want out of this song as a listener, you know? So many yeah. about whatever you want, you know, um, or a very specific thing, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's a, a sign of sometimes really, really good lyrics that kind of transcend like what kind of what we're doing where we're trying to, you know, laser in and find out the exact, you know, uh, uh, finite meaning, uh, behind things. Cause yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a audio guy. Yeah, so I'm an audio guy, and I love this record also because there were limitations in 1980. Sure, we had 24 tracks, but yeah. you know, our we had limited delays and reverbs and limited yeah. ways to sample. We didn't really have any digital yeah. technology. I yeah. think what they were do what they did was they took charcoal, like Picasso yeah. would do, and at black and white, and and somehow with two colors and just charcoal brought color. Yeah. And I think now. With digital and and so many ga gadgets, we have too many colors at, in the beginning, and it ends up uh, looking yeah, like black yeah. and white. Somehow it's things real. are reversed. Where, um, with with the simplicity they had, they they made this colorful world, and now we're making more. We're it's too many options, and it's like you know too it's, much it's of just a good too thing. Too easy to flood and ruin what you're trying to do. Well, you know, Thanks. actually, like. There's a, a corridor crew just did a really good video about how, or not, maybe it wasn't corridor crew. Uh, it was right there. Um, but anyway, they were talking about how like a lot of some of these newer movies, they're trying to do the lighting to be like realistic quote unquote, but it's like totally taking out like the dimension of the, you know, images. Like you don't get like, you know, the, the three quarter, you know, shine on, on a, a face so you can see someone's silhouette. And everything just ends up looking flat and dark, which is what some newer movies have been starting to look like uh, uh, without, you know, having that kind of uh, gung-ho 
uh, uh, nature of of filmmaking. You know, where where everything everything might be going wrong, and you have to kind of fix it on the on the the, on the fly. On the fly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the great stuff happens. You know, no, that's a good point. Like CGI yeah. in the '90s ruined a decade of movies really? for me. Like I can't watch those films. I can't watch those Star Wars films. I can't watch the Star Trek yeah. films. Um, yeah. I could always watch anything from the rough 70s time and 80s. For CGI. <laughs> it was so early and they were stretching yeah, things yeah. and yeah, and it yeah. still looked flat. And, and if yeah. you go back to when it was like good cameras and, and if they wanted to look up, they dug a hole, you know, like, uh -huh, like they actually uh -huh. had to work a little, yeah. you know. Yeah. And my favorite is like like actual yeah. sets, like the set of the Death yeah. Star was real. And you could yeah. see things attached, but it was a real thing moving. That's what yeah, this sounds yeah. like to me. This has dimension because definitely, they had definitely. it was simple, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like same movie, New Hope, and you have like the cantina, like everyone's wearing like a costume or wearing masks. So it, again, it feels yeah. real when you look across. Everything matches. It looks like yeah. you walked in. Yeah, exactly. Star. Like they're they're wearing real stuff. We can stretch it to I think episode two, where like uh, what was Obi Wan goes to some like. Diner, greasy yeah, yeah, diner. Yeah, because he's trying to get the Camino information. Him is just completely digital. I, he's I like, just watched this. Ah, uh, like, Dexter Jester. Dexter Jester. It's the Dexter. Name. Yes, Dexter Jester is the guy. Dexter's Dexter's <laughs> the uh, little, little like oh little diner. God. You want to yeah. buy a Java a juice? Mustache. Um, yeah, like the same thing. You yeah you start getting so far removed, like nothing feels real. It feels mm -hmm, completely mm -hmm. fake. Like you just like overwash it. You yeah yeah. You, just, you push that level so far. You lose everything you're you trying lose to the do grit you know well, you know you it's like a little bit no of feeling grit. left it feels yeah. dead it's like yeah. episode yeah. three there's like 10 real actors in 90 percent of the film you no know, everything oh else yeah yeah it got dark it got dark there in the yachts <laughs> well but, um, I, my fear yeah, so my, my is... fear is we're going to disregard decades of music because of auto-tune because oh. we're, oh, so we're going to start we? getting migraines from like that sound that auto-tune does and it's yeah, actually yeah. going to cause migraines <laughs> like you know i it's it's sad when one technology is too prevalent especially in audio that we all love well, it i was gonna say I, I was gonna say there are uh, a lot of kind of uh, uh lower five bands that are doing away with that entirely and just kind of le leaving in some of that uh that grit so um yeah i always appreciate when you can really you can hear the jamming like in this you can hear they are jamming together they are appreciating each other's presence um which you know it transcends it transcends totally the, the totally. music itself you know um and with that actually uh why don't we take our first our, our quick break uh we're halfway through the album um and then uh when we get back we have the track uh uh, uh houses in motion uh so Ooh, yeah don't go away we'll be right back with adam elk Welcome back, everybody, to the album Concept Hour. We are on the second half of the Talking Heads uh, Remain in Light album from 1980. And, um, you know, I thought, uh, I, Dave can attest, I thought it was the Talking Heads uh, before I was doing the podcast. And I asked Dave, I was like, is it the Talking Heads or Talking Heads? No, it's just Talking Heads. It's talking Heads. It's just, uh, I never um, knew that either. Actually. Yeah, Fun yeah. There's some bands the I just throw a the on there because it, it, it can work, you know? The um, Devo, the Metallica. Well, I mean, the you're Devo, always, yes. you're always going to say the talking heads. Like yeah, that's natural. but yeah, it is. It, it usually there is a. This is yeah, pedantic like vocabulary. Um, sounds like you're trying to. Say, oh, listen to the talking heads because you're like you're, you're talking about the band. 
Yeah, and it's plural. Yeah. Maybe it's the plural aspect of it makes you want to say it. It sounds like natural English to say the cock. Um, But anyway, it is just talking heads. And um, we have another track for you guys. Uh, And Adam Elk is here, of course, from Mommy Heads. And uh, this is Houses in Motion. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that sound, that—that's, I believe that's Adrian Ballou, who needs to be credited because, uh, you know, the Beatles brought in Billy Preston to sort of ease the tensions. Oh yeah, yeah. The Talking Heads brought in Adrian Ballou, who, for my money, is one of the top musicians of all time, at least for my tastes. Okay. And what are they? uh, What are they known for? If I may ask, Adam. Yeah, so Adrian Ballou was a guitarist. He was out of Champaign, Illinois, Midwestern guy. Oh, tight. And he was found in a bar by Frank Zappa, who brought him on the road. And then Frank Zappa loaned him out to to, uh, David Bowie. And then David Bowie loaned him out to the Talking Heads. And he played with everybody. Um, Wow. Wow. He was the most in-demand session guitarist for like 10 years. Um, Okay. Okay. And, and is so he just he, doing vocals in this? He's doing he guitar. guitar. It's like a synth oh, guitar. Okay. A Roland GR <laughs> 700 or I think it's 700, which is a synth okay. gu- which is I have one. Oh it's wow. Like, it has a pedal on the bottom. So the guitar okay. attaches to that thing. Oh, okay, okay. And you it has four and, pedals, you know, so yeah. you could you could get a synth out of your guitar. And so it was like yeah. the first technology like that. And yeah. basically, Adrian just brings this sort of daredevil, um, evil Knievel, you know, uh, super talented glue yeah. that just binds the record. It's it's yeah, and and he's all over it, and it's so good. Okay. And he was in King Crimson, King Crimson. Wow! Oh, I love King Crimson. Yeah, so Hell he was eighties yeah. King Elephant Talk was really his baby. Um, oh what okay okay yeah now i uh, now i'm understanding that's, now you have that's attention. yeah, yeah you, you have my attention yes uh, <laughs> yeah king i'm a huge crimson. king crimson fan huge yeah, so yeah love his bringing him in was a master stroke it was such a great yeah. idea to bring that yeah. extra personality and also he's all smiles he's so talented and so confident that he gets yeah. to be happy he's just a happy guy you know oh so, nice yeah yeah, yeah. So he's also a pleasure to like be around when you're total jamming. pleasure. Yeah. So he's all yeah, yeah, over yeah. this record. That's awesome. Um, oh, uh, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, some of the vocals uh, uh, styles of uh, 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 David Byrne um, is um, now that we've heard a little bit of Lou Reed uh, on the podcast, I now have a little more of an understanding of that background, and I do hear a little Lou Reedy stuff here and there Ooh, with David uh, David Byrne. Um, you know, yeah, I, I very guess, speaky. Yeah, yeah, a lot of speaky stuff. Yeah, yeah, which um, uh, uh you know, again, uh, I think Dave pointed out they're you know New York area, so they're gonna have some uh uh, uh sure love at some point, for that. like either before even talking to play I guarantee Burn probably saw yeah. like Velvet or probably saw like just yeah 
Lou or mm-hmm. or at least new new stories new or heard of you know like the yeah they were there influence because mm-hmm. you can definitely I would say pick that up yeah yeah um so yeah I I like that I'm starting I, I can see the the kind of line uh, between because like Talking Heads was always is always one of those groups where like it just seems like it pops out of nowhere for me in the music uh, uh, history um, but yeah now I'm starting to see the kind of connective tissue with like Herbie Hancock Lou Reed. Um, you know, you can, you know, your King Crimson, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't think of that connection, but yeah. Um, and, uh, always looking for the King Crimson, the King Crimson connections are everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it's like the Gizverse. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Really, really solid track though. Um, just a fun jam, cool vocals. Um, and then we have, uh, the sixth track here, which is seen and not heard. He imagined that this was an ability he shared with most other people. They had also molded their faces according to some idea. Maybe they imagined a new face better suit their personality. Or maybe they imagined that their personality would be forced to change. Talk about spoken <laughs> word. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Robot himself. Yeah, yeah, this one's almost uh, just straight up like like beat poetry, you know. Story mode. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know Laurie Anderson? No, who's Laurie Anderson? So Laurie Anderson was very big in the New York scene in like 78, 79, okay. 80, 81, 82. She, played, okay. she kind of, she was kind of a, uh, a like a, an impressionist musician. So she okay. would create her own worlds. It, and it was very spoken word. She would kind of whisper, yeah. not sing. And to me, yeah. it was and and it was also tapped into the classical community. There were classical yeah. elements. Uh, it tapped yeah. into the Andy Warhol artsy community, the European yeah. David Bowie. She was tethered yeah. to all of it. And she was an originator of the spoken word thing. And this okay. this track reminds me of Laurie Anderson, who was very popular at the time. And again, yeah. it was. It was a rebellion against rock radio where everything yeah. was like, love hurts, you know, everything was over <laughs> yeah. the top. Everything oh, felt yeah. like it was, it was music at a bar mitzvah. Bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. The pop machine you know? was in full motion at that point, I think, like uh, oh, the pop yes. monster or whatever yes, was, pop monster was, 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 was consuming all of the radio stations around. There's, there's so much stuff coming yeah. out and the pop monster just yeah. was like, hmm. Yummy. Yeah, yeah. Like by the time by the time we're we're growing up, like radio is just is I mean, in my opinion, trash. Like I don't yeah. I don't I it's really didn't love monster. the radio and the arts and the you know. Now they're trying to compete. Now they're trying to keep up with some of the, you know, variety that is on the internet, but um yeah. Uh but yeah, this track that, was, was one of the that last track, if that yeah. comes on the radio, which it won't. It feels uh-huh. like a complete rebellion against everything that came before. Yeah, yeah. Because it's very moody and spoken word, and it yeah. sounds dangerous somehow, you know? It's not comforting. <laughs> yeah. It's not a lullaby. It's not a bait yeah, rhyme. It, it's it not, doesn't rhyme. Yeah, it's not, like, uh, uh, um, appealing to the ears by the standards the of, masses. like, of music theory, necessarily, you know? Um, which is, you know, that some of the best stuff is like that. Um, and, uh, what I, I enjoy about this track is, uh, 
is it it has kind of a a, a cool message again um this one's uh, kind of like track two it's got some identity stuff uh going on where he like he's got this like face that uh he's able to like i guess change and mold at will but like he finds that other people are not able to do this and that gives him like some kind of like uh, uh internal struggle you know um and yeah it's it's kind of just uh you know a clever way to discuss just like you know identity and feeling insecure in your identity and, and i think he's talking about how these people like don't know who they are or something you know and he knows who he is and he's like curious like why does all these people not know who they are you know um, but it's relatable because not everybody's michael bolton or yeah you know celine yeah. dion again uh-huh. most uh-huh. of us don't know who we are and we're just kind of getting yeah. up in the yeah. morning and going to a job and and, and at the end of the day, yeah. you know, it's like he's kind of yeah. tapping into a nerve that everyone feels. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like you can you know? put yourself in the shoes of this, uh, the the main character in the song, you know. Um, and I like this line Story here. Story of my life. Um, well, let me see if I can find right? the uh, lyric. Um, oh yeah, he imagined it was, uh, this was an ability he shared with most other people. They had also molded their faces according to some ideal. Maybe they imagined that their new face would be better suit would better suit their personality, or maybe they imagined that their personality would be forced to change to fit the new appearance. This is why first impressions are often correct. Um, <laughs> and he's I love how matter of factly he's he's stating all this stuff too. You know, it's a professor. Um, it's almost this is almost like a. Uh, uh, uh shell silverstein poem like if you just read it it kind of has that kind of uh uh whimsy he's just a poet yeah he's just a poet yeah um yeah i I would it would be really interesting to see exactly what their process was with the because you said that it was it was a a community lyric uh for the lyrics like they vote they decided on the lyrics together is that what you said yes it was Generally, he had writer's block, so he was open to Brian Eno's by by committee lyrical approach. Now, I I still hear a lot of David Byrne in this, but I think yeah, that yeah, the course. approval they they were approving of him. It wasn't yeah. just uh, another record that felt too David Byrneish. This feels somewhat like it feels like the Talking Heads lyric. Like if yeah. the Talking Heads made lyrics, this is what it would be, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and uh, uh, I feel like Psycho Killer has lyrically is similar in some ways to some of this. Um, but right, like one of the other members enough. said, "Do it in French." Casca say, you know, like it feels like a yeah. band. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it adds. It adds something to it, you know. But um. Yeah. So this next track we have for you guys, uh, track seven. Um, is uh, a really uh, I actually wrote uh, you know reminds me of King Crimson on on this one so um, yeah uh, this one is uh, Listening Wind
Very spooky. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's got uh, uh, yeah a little edge to it. Yeah. I feel like if I was hanging up part and this, this album was playing, this would be the track I would just be completely enjoying to zone out to. Just mm-hmm. a beer in the mm-hmm. corner and just yeah, yeah, vibing. Just sit yeah. in a chair, lean back for a good solid three, mm-hmm. four minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just everybody stop talking to me for a second. I need to listen to this entire song. <laughs> take this in. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it is a a real just another vibe kind of song, you know. Um, just um, I. Again, was reminded of King Crimson just because the title uh, is Listening Wind, and they have a song called I Talk to the Wind uh, from their first album. So That's right. You know, I thought that maybe you know, it could be a call-response thing if they're King Crimson fans. Just talking um, and listening. Huh? Talking and listening. Yeah, you know, the, all, the, all these songs are, you know, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a conversation throughout the years between these musicians. Through the wind. You know uh and through the wind yeah it was just hanging there for for a couple decades waiting for the talking heads to to pick it up i love how this album is considered post-punk which i never understood but now i kind of do because it's like the ramones made their records sex pistols made their records it was all aggression and sort of anger and fighting against something Mm. and then you're like then what then what do we do you know it's like that whole party's over so yeah. it's post-punk. It's kind of like still rebellious, still huh. on the outside. Yeah. But yet yet sort of Starting like figuring out ingratiated to... within the system. Yeah, what to do exactly. next. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How do we how do we make a living? How do we yeah. make friends? Yeah, like we did the punk thing. Yeah, how do we know? how do we have a, a yeah, a healthy emotional like relationship how do we with live? people? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh cuz you can't just be a punk your whole life a lot of times. I mean, you can. I don't, I'm not telling you just you can't be a, but it's hard. <laughs> um, a very, it's a lot very, of energy. very tiny percentage have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in, if you're from Madison, you could probably pull it off for a long time. Or but a like, if you're out in the country, like it's hard being a punk. <laughs> it's it's impossible. Uh, Iggy Pop has done it. No one else. Most you know, people so, gotta grow up yeah, sometime. Yeah, you gotta grow up. So that's post punk. This yeah. feels like a post punk record. Yeah, and you know that's kind of reminded me like there's you know post hardcore is a genre that I really like, and that took place like after a lot of the emo screamo stuff uh, was was super popular, and like people were like, oh, I don't want to be this aggressive. I want to have chiller vocals, chiller guitars, and stuff, you know. And because uh, yeah, you, like it just like we do need that energy every now and again to like kick you know music in the teeth, but like. It's it, you know we it gets old after a while you know we need to go Anything up and down. Anything gets old with, after a uh, while, so you always have to yeah, move and grow like, and exact, change, definitely and adapt. And yeah, not adapt, but like just you're just yeah. constantly moving and like. Yeah, it's not like it's worse nec- or or better, but it's no, just it's, it's a nice different to have time. diversity. You want to have yeah. different. You want to have sometimes you're pissed, you're right? You yeah. want something angry. You want Henry <laughs> yeah. Rollins yeah. screaming at your ear. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you want to relax. Sometimes yeah. you just want to mellow, like. Uh, I can't remember the name of the album, but like the Brian Eno, like the the music to like was it uh, songs for the airport or just these weird yeah, like seventy seven, just these just just know, yeah. instrumental type stuff. Yeah, you want everything. You want yeah, <coughs> yeah. This is the first time you've mentioned that one. I need I want to I need to hear that one. Great record, like an important it's an yes. important record. Yeah, um, is it is it instrumental all the way? It's yeah, I believe so. Like okay. the first three or four like music's like was it a uh, the hell is it? You might know this, Sam, but I think it's like music. 
hell? What is it? It's like music for music for the airport. It is. It's called music for the airport. I I was looking this stuff up earlier today. I got him. This is the last album. It's a great album. Yeah, yeah. And him and David Byrne did that together. Oh, okay. They actually did that together. Like uh, this was the last album they did with with Eno. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's correct. But they're all fantastic. Wow, wow. That's why would you stop here? (laughs) And Robert Fripp from King Crimson worked with Eno. And they they collaborated yeah. a lot, and it's yeah. gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very really very instrumental. Albums. Yeah, yeah, a real talented group of people working at this stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know this this track. I don't, I don't. I can't say too much about the lyrics. I don't really, you know, it's not really about that so much. Um, but um, yeah, just a good song to kind of lose yourself in. Um, and then uh, the next track we have for you is uh, the last track on this album. And it is called The Overload. Here's that. When the when the axe murderer sneaks up, <laughs> right? Whack! Yeah, I like how how chill the last couple of tracks are with this album. Like it really like because it, it, because there's it, it's front loaded with such energetic it's stuff. It's like closing time. You're just yeah, like relax yeah, yeah. and we're done. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to good way to like like kind of fade out of the album. You know, uh, uh, with, with two of these like psychedelic weird uh, soundscapes. You know, um, I kind of see this record. It's a strange flow for a lot of people because it starts out with a bang, mm-hmm. and they think it ends with a whimper. But to me, it's it's the seasons. It's four seasons. It's like Vivaldi. Uh-huh. It comes yeah. in really strong, and yeah. and almost goes to summer. And then between summer and fall, you get like you may find yourself, you know. And then it, uh-huh. it starts <laughs> to get fall like, and starts to you know. And then it goes yeah. into winter. It's the, and at the this point, hibernation. it's like the shining. Yeah. Like there's just snow everywhere and you're just like under a blanket yeah. and you go and you just go uh-huh. to sleep. This and is it the feels like that whole cycle. Song. <laughs> yeah. It you sounds know, yeah. natural to me. Yeah. You know, I, I say like geek Manchester. rock. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I say geek rock, but it literally is like it's, it's these guys are the school of music. You know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's a piece of art. In that sense, definitely. That was the connection because I said like it feels like Manchester, but basically like, when I walked in, because yeah, cause I was late, but I already listened to this album a few times earlier yeah. today. But like my last track, that's the Joy Division sounding track. Yeah, yeah. When I walked in the door, I'm like that's exactly how I feel. Like it sounds mm-hmm. like Andy Curtis. It sounds like yeah, yeah, closer. The album, the second album, just like that. These that droning, like oh, like there's yeah, like, yeah. There's that, a droning like throughout a, the, every a fuzziness that's yeah. happening in the background, like this this weird yeah, like a heaviness in the air uh-huh. as you're listening to it. Yeah, and oh, and yeah. and yeah. So that was actually uh, intentional uh, for them. Um, it's uh, this genius annotation says the overload is a Talking Heads attempt at create a song in the signature style of Joy Division. The catch: none of the band had ever actually heard Joy Division. The song was written based entirely on descriptions in the music press, a bleak atmospheric dirge with detached vocal performance. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's what pretty a, amazing. What a winter description. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty amazing to me that just by descriptions of Joy Division, they were able to, like, actually, like, replicate the sound. It's like the new, <laughs> it's like almost about 40 years ago, like the, the old version of, like, the current, was it the chat GP now or whatever? It's like, yeah. I write a song with, like, this and this, this, and, like, yeah. I feel like that's what they did. Like, they had no idea what they're doing. Like, the, just the description, like, yeah, we can try that. Yeah, let's, and they literally let's do it. nailed it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds so close to a Joy Division song. Yeah, you can yeah. sneak that in if you had no idea about the band. You just give them like a friend, like here's six, there's eight tracks, Joy, Joy Division. Yeah, yeah, they right. Would, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It would not stand out. It'd feel like a track of one of their songs. Definitely, it's so eerily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just amazing. Yeah, again, amazing. Just ability as a musician to be able to pull something like that off not here but just descriptions crazy. yeah just descriptions um and uh yeah let us know by the way uh if you guys have a a actual like a reference to where this story comes from this is just a a genius annotation without the actual uh uh reference i'd love to read a fuller story about that because it sounds amazing um awesome. And um, yeah, uh, uh, the yeah lyrically, yeah. Again, it's pretty much just Joy Division. I'm not, you know, we don't need to dive I mean, in. Just looking through the lyrics, um, it sounds like it's you're reading a, a the lyrics of a Joy Division track. Yeah. Like it's it sounds it's so Ian Curtis. Ian wow. Curtis, by the way, we haven't got to it yet. This podcast is a tragic fucking story. Yeah. If you if you look into it, I know that old heads already know this. You know, this is an old story, but. Yeah, I was on a podcast to talk about some, you know, uh, uh, difficult uh, musician deaths and stuff. And this is one of the most tragic of, of that. So, yeah. Uh, Joy Division. We'll get. We'll have a, a Joy Division episode at some point, I'm sure. You can split it. Um, Joy Division New Order do something? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they kept, so they kept making some in there. great stuff after that. But, um, yeah. So... Anyway, great, great uh, 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 attempt at doing Joy Division and completely landing it. Um, and yeah, I think the seasons thing you were saying is really good because um, yeah, if you go right back into track one and you go, you know, right back into spring, you know. Um, well, so. you know, the thing that people forget about, which uh, the mommy heads are very cognizant of, is when your last yeah. track ends, it starts back at the beginning, right? And so yeah. how does that last track to the first track sound? Yes. No one ever thinks about that. But that's yeah. very, very important now with Spotify, yeah. even with CDs. Like, it starts over yeah. again. Yeah. It didn't with records. Yeah, yeah. So I think what they've, what they've achieved is they completed the winter, and then you just yeah. start back at, at spring. Yeah. And yeah. a lot yeah. of records feel like they need an opus at the end they gotta they gotta complete the story with a go out with a bang oh and yeah. that doesn't uh -huh. that doesn't feel right uh that would never have felt right on this record i don't think no. yeah 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 it would have felt uh uh kind of phony i fake think. It phony it would have felt yeah 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 like they were yeah yeah trying too hard it's a phone. um whereas this all seems so effortless uh although it sounds exactly. so good it, it it feels uh, effortless because they all sound like they're having a good time you know, um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, really glad you brought this record to us, Adam. Uh, this is I'm really, surprised really you fun. haven't done it. 
Yeah, yeah. I well, why it, not, it, Brad? It just recently got yeah, on my Brad. radar. Uh, yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, oh, yeah oh. Brad. Oh, oh, oh damn it! Under calling to the number. Worst producer about ever. That. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll have to have you back again for the next. Um, you know, wh- whatever the next journey is in the the new wave. Uh, uh, we'll uh, figure something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're teaching us, you know, album by album, uh, uh, how this uh, whole thing happened. So, um, yeah, really love to love having you on. Uh, we'll do our last little thing here, where we go around the horn and find out what everyone's been listening to and what they have to plug. Uh, I'll we'll do us, and then we'll end with Adam. Um, I have been listening to, still just listening to a lot of uh, Wet Leg, um, and I've also uh, been uh, uh, listening to. Uh, uh, not Nosferatu. Um, shit, I can't remember the name of this rap group. Um, but there's uh, there's this rapper that has a whole, like a whole like concept universe of of uh, uh rap albums that are the same characters. Oh, that's pretty um, cool. We're we're definitely gonna be covering some of yeah, this stuff. Just say we uh, should forward. Do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, I'm starting to get into the expanded universe of this, uh, uh, artist. I can't remember the name of, um, and, uh, as for plugs, uh, youtube.com slash flyer state park. We got a lot of cool, fun little videos coming out. If you want to see us eating a lot of hot wings and being in pain, that's where you got to go. Uh, what about you, Dave? What have you been listening to? And what do you got to plug? Uh, the last couple of weeks have been very busy. Uh, I, th- I can't remember if I, re- if I mentioned this few weeks back but the kaiju had a new album that came out oh yeah that's right it is called phase three is the third album it's called phase three second album was phase two but so yeah phase three was the third album okay 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 and if you like just some just crazy just it's no lyrics just great instrumental surf rock check them out it's fantastic yeah it's good stuff uh the second band screaming females they're their new album just came out recently as well so i've been listening to it's called desire pathway Oh yeah. I in the last two weeks, probably not even like joking. Literally, there's been a good like twenty plus spins. Like it's been, I can't put it down. It's been listened Dude. to just a lot. Okay, okay. I love Marissa's her vocals and her guitar work is just fantastic. Yeah. And the last plug is a a band, an older punk band from Britain that I just I didn't say I would re fell in love with because I've always loved them, but it just something yeah. happened. I got into a couple songs. I just a spiraled out of control and went through their yeah. discography like multiple times is uh, a yeah. Leatherface. 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 Okay. Okay. Literally legitimately named after the Texas the, Chainsaw Mercy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leatherface. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good old Leatherface. But just the vocals are somewhere between like maybe like Louis Armstrong and Tom Waits. Oh, that's cool. Frankie oh. Stubbs has a really unique voice. Sultry. But for some reason, like the first time I heard it, like I instantly fell in love. Okay. Some some people have heard like it's it's you have to get past it, but I'm like it's no, I perfect. Usually, like, I usually like I that. I just love that. I usually enjoy that in a in a punk pop punk situation or whatever but, uh, that is. Everything about them just I feel like if you want to get someone into punk rock, like oh, I know punk rock. It's like they're angry, angsty. They're you know, like uh-huh. there's something different about Leatherface. Like their guitar work. There's just there's something yeah. different that just Brings it stands out. Table. Like it's like no, yeah. There's a lot depth to this band mm-hmm. and it, every fucking album is amazing yeah. so check yeah. them out 
Yeah. Highly suggested. Leatherface. That's mine. Yeah. What about you, John? What have you been listening to? What do you got to plug? Oh, not much. I've been working a lot lately. So just listening to my usual, you know, motley of everything. Uh, a lot uh, of, yes, of yes. 2000s punk. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, um, got a little 90s country mixed in there, 70s rock, you know, a little. Little Al, Reverend Al Green, you know. Oh yeah, spice oh, yeah. up, spice it up, you spice know. Up the life. Um, otherwise, I've been watching a lot of hot ones because it's, oh, cool, yeah. nice. so it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on Hulu. Nice, yeah, it's on Hulu. There's some good ones. Um, yeah, the one with Gordon Ramsay's really good. Yeah, you know, I think I was telling you guys about that earlier. Yeah. Trying to look for some uh, some some tips for the the wing challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. you know, and it's good. It's good watching these people because it's like, and I'm really glad that I didn't really invest in the show before we did the challenges because yeah, yeah. i wouldn't have believed some of these people but now i'm sitting there yeah, and i'm like seeing, no yeah, that's, that's, that's like, legit no, that person that is actually in pain. happens that yeah. hurts uh-huh uh-huh you know oh, i did that sauce that hurts yeah you know yeah uh-huh. but uh otherwise um uh oh uh netflix uh power rangers things coming out soon and we are having on uh ron wasserman ron wasserman is coming back did the music for the original show and the 30th anniversary special on netflix yeah so uh look forward to the return of the power rangers writer who could have possibly been in guns roses in a different different universe um Yeah, so excited to have Ron back. And to talk about another album this time, not Power Rangers. Yeah, get yeah, some, we're going to talk some about other some, some Elton John with him. So, yeah, yeah, look forward to that episode in uh, a month or two, something like that. Maybe. Something like that. Uh, what about you, Adam? What have you been listening to lately? And uh, what what do you got to plug? Do you got something uh, something in the works right now? Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, we got another new record coming out in September. So uh, I thought you might. You yeah, are, we do one a year. Pretty good about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one is called Coney Island Kid because I'm from Coney Island. So it's kind of a all right. A look a look back at the positives and negatives of growing up in Brooklyn. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. yeah, it's got a cool cover, and yeah, we'll I'll send it to you when we're done. And you know, we just like yeah. to stay busy. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Of course, man. Yeah, and in terms of listening, Juana Molina, I think I might have mentioned her last time. She's Brazilian. She's really cool. Okay. Um, very very cool stuff. Juana Molina, J U A N A M O L I N A. Okay. And I found out about a band called Horse Lords. Horse and Lords. Yeah. Horse Lords. <laughs> That's a great band name. That's a wonderful band name. <laughs> yeah. Horse Lords. Uh, so they yeah. are from DC. Okay. Do me a favor, listen to them. Don't watch yeah. any live footage on YouTube because they look like four okay. professors. It's it's they just Ooh, look like Okay. There's no yeah. emotion, but what they play is it's all counterpoint cool, kind of yeah. King Crimson, ro- like yeah. Robert Reich, like very weird yeah. cool stuff. Just yeah, interwoven yeah. um uh musician very heavy musician stuff. So I kind of geek yeah, out. Yeah. No singing, nice. just guys jamming. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, man, that sounds right up my alley. I've been definitely like more and more like leaning into jam territory in my life. I'm like you start to hallucinate. The, give me the long jams. <laughs> I want this to be yeah. a twenty minute jam or at least. Uh, you know. But jam bands are this band wings. is the closest yeah, to man. not needing drugs no drugs yeah, needed. yeah yeah i mean that's the magic of jam bands you don't need the drugs to 
to to, to, to get into fish. that mindset. You, you need know? the drugs to understand fish. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know fish as well. Um, but uh, yeah, nice. So uh, yeah, look forward to some more uh, uh, mommy heads coming out uh, at some point here. And um, yeah, yeah, uh, 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 yeah. Looking forward to uh, having you back again uh, in the in the. Always future. love it. Always love it. Maybe, you guys are maybe awesome. King Crimson. Maybe King Crimson's Thanks, the man. next Woo! one. You're, you're a great guest. We do have the '80s King Crimson records, which I am dying to talk about. So uh, I think we know which one we're going to be going to. Discipline. Uh, you're on. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh. So yeah, that's a little teaser for next time. Adam's on because um, uh, it's been a little while since we've done King Crimson, and uh, yeah. they're one of those bands I consider a concept band, and so we're going to cover a lot of them. Yeah. Get, get yes. over it, haters. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you again, Adam, for, for coming on the podcast again, um, and uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening again to the album Concept Hour. We always appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you guys again in a couple of weeks for another album. Sweet. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> the album concept hour is Brad LeBaris, Dave Gallagher, and John Aker. Special thanks to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard for the theme music. Join the discussion on our Discord. Tweet to us at Album Concept Pod, or for everything else, go to Linktree slash Flyover State Park. See you on Side B. This is Flyover State Park. You are clear to land.